14 and 15. And it reads as follows. Can we stand for a reading of God's word real quick? Everybody, please get on your feet real quick. And it states this. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. Take over. We're going to say, Lord, take over my faith. Take over my faith. Amen. Uh, Jesus said this. The church me out that scripture. He said, I am glad for your sakes that I'm not here. That's a trip that he said that, right? That's, I'm, I'm glad for your sakes. It was an article on Desert News. And experts said this. One area where children struggle is the inability to solve problems. That kids who come to their parents for everything, their homework, what to wear, what to eat, and how to end arguments may grow to be incompetent and indecisive adults. We have a saying in our household, it's called, you better figure it out, praise God, amen. I don't know if y'all got that saying too, but our kids know that sometimes it's like, you better figure it out. Because sometimes y'all have to learn how to end conflicts and resolve things without mom and dad. And if it gets too bad, mom and dad to step in and make y'all hug for an hour if y'all gonna act bad and mean to each other. But you gotta understand that we ain't gonna always be around. So sometimes you got to learn how to do things and work with what I have imparted in you and show that it comes out that you believe what I have told you. And Jesus is saying no different. Here in John chapter 11 is a text that some of us may be familiar with. Lazarus, he is the brother of sisters Mary and Martha. Those are his brothers. Those are his sisters. And Bible readers know this, that, that they kicked it at his house. That Jesus went to Mary and Martha's house and kicked it. Jesus was sitting there chilling. Uh, Martha was cooking and serving. She was hooking up the meal for everybody. Uh, Mary cracked open a bottle of expensive oil and put it on Jesus' feet and wiped her hair with his feet with the oil because she just was in awe of the worship she had to give him because he had forgiven her, he had loved her and then Lazarus just sitting at the table eating and chilling, he ain't doing nothing but they sent a message that Jesus behold the one you love, our brother Lazarus, he's sick we need your help. And think about this. They sent Jesus a message in those days. There was no USPS, no UPS, and no FedEx. It take time to get a message. So we can assume that it took at least a day to get the message to him that they were sick. So let's look at the text right here. John chapter 11, verse 4 says this. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus, loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the same place. Wow, wow, look at that. That sounds kind of strange. Jesus says this sickness is not unto death, that, that, that it's for the glory of God. Even though Lazarus is dead, it's still for the glory of God. But he's saying this, check this out. I'm still not gonna show up for two more days. He's saying there's some sickness that isn't there to kill you, but some sickness is to give glory to God. There's some heartbreak that I got to go through. It's not to destroy me, but it's so I can give glory to God. There's some disappointment, some shortcomings, some things that hurt and break my heart in pieces. And they're not to destroy me. They're not to kill me, but they're so I learn how to give glory to God. Everything bad ain't always bad for us. Amen. The Bible says all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Jesus loved Mary and Martha, it's evident, it's evident. But when he heard he was sick, he said he waited two more days in that place. Sometimes we confuse a delay for a denial. Wow. He sent the message. Jesus said he loved them, but he waited two more days. Sometimes we confuse silence for disregard. Wow. Jesus heard he was sick, but didn't bust a move. Ain't that a trip? 
Can I suggest that Jesus sometimes heard our prayer and he's heard our cry and we think because he isn't moving right now how we want him to that he don't care. No, no, no. He's moving on his time and we don't know what he's doing in the backgrounds. We don't know what he's doing behind the scenes. We don't know who heart he's touching while we're praying and think it's going to get answered one way. He's working a whole different direction. Sometimes you got to be still and know he is God. So sometimes you can't move. You got to be still. That's why it's the scripture. Psalm 46. Be still and know that he is God. It doesn't say rush to the Lord. It says wait on the Lord. That's a problem that we have. We don't have patience. And God's saying, look here, you got to have patience and be strong at heart and take it up because I'm working it out for your good. Jesus tells the disciples that they're going to heal Lazarus. The disciples thought he was asleep, but Jesus says, no, he's dead. Y'all tripping. Look at the the text we started off with. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. So verse 17 says this. So when Jesus came, he found that he was already been in the tomb for four days. Wow, for four days. So, so Jesus traveled from Bethany to Jerusalem. Uh, uh, and he got there. And Mary and Martha are tripping. Their brother is dead. And he had to wait there. He said he'd been in the tomb for four days. Why would the Bible let us know he'd been in the tomb four days? Because in earlier in Jesus' ministry, he's brought people back to life before. Uh, there was a widow in name whose son died. Her son passed away, and Jesus came, and they was about to bury him, and then Jesus came and brought him back to life, but it had only been about two or three days. There was uh, Jairus. He was a leader, and he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, my daughter is sick. She's dying. Please come back to my home. He said, it's cool. She just sleep. Jesus went to his home, tells the little girl to get up and arise. Everybody there is grieving. They think Jesus is a nutcase. What do you mean she sleeps? She's dead. They think Jesus is crazy. He tells the little girl, get up, and she gets up. But she had only been dead a day or so. So as the world around town was like, Jesus ain't really healing these people. They wasn't really dead. Because the Jews believed that it took at least four days for your body to leave. And then your spirit to leave and really be empty. That's why they wouldn't bury you to then. So they said because it didn't happen four days later and nobody was in the tomb yet, that Jesus really didn't help these people come back to life. So the Bible lets us know that it occurred on the fourth day for that particular reason. Because he had to prove that he was bringing people back to life. Now, Martha said this to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. I love that. I love that. She said, look here, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I believe that that if you was in the place, if you was there, if you could have touched him, he wouldn't have died. But you so tight with God. I know that whatever you ask for, he will do it. And Jesus looked at her and said this. Look at verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He hit her with a question. I love this. And that's the question I got for you today. Do you believe this? Do you believe that if I die, I'm going to live again? Because that's the point we got to get to in life. Because life is not promised. And we don't know how long we got. Not to scare nobody. But it's the truth of the matter. That a man is appointed to be born and appointed to die. So he says, do you believe this? That even though you may die, you shall live again through me. And God has to take over our faith. Do we believe that Jesus is the son of God? Do we believe he was slain for the sins of the world? Do you believe though I die, I will live again is what he's asking her. And it's a large crowd that's, that, that's comforting them in the midst of this. A large crowd is passing through. And Mary is so frustrated. She says, I got to go to the tomb to go weep. I'm hurting. My brother's gone. I got to go roll out. And then Jesus shows up on the scene. And he says, Lord, she says that again. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But how many of us feel like that at times? Lord, if you was there when it happened, it wouldn't have happened. 
If you would have just healed my father, if you just would have helped out my mother, you just would have provided my daughter, if you just would have did something, Lord. And the truth is, just because something bad happened doesn't mean that God don't care and it don't mean it wasn't for his glory. Because I've learned this in my life because I've been through trials and tribulations and death is always something hard that we got to deal with. But, but what if God in his wisdom allows tragedy to change the trajectory of your faith? What if it's the tragedy that really brought you closer to God? What if it was the heartbreak that made you get closer? Mary and Martha knew Jesus was a healer. They knew he was able to do it if he was present. They knew he could do it, but he's showing you, look, I'm omnipresent. I don't just heal when I'm there. I can heal anywhere. Uh, I just don't heal in Jerusalem. I heal in Judea, too. Uh, I don't just heal in Hawaii. I can heal in Post Road, too. I just don't hear U.S. I can heal China. I can hear Europe. I can heal Italy. I can heal anywhere at all time. I'm everywhere. I'm a God. I'm omnipresent. Don't never forget that I'm everywhere at all time. And we see ourselves as a nation and a world in a frenzy right now. It's like 2020. God is humbling us month by month. It's like crazy stuff is going on month by month. God, to show us that y'all not in charge. That y'all need to turn back to me. That the reason the nation's in disarray, the reason why things are chaotic is because y'all have turned y'all back on me. If you look in the Bible, every time the nation turned their back on God, everything went to chaos. Everything. So it's no different than us in America. We have turned our back on God and God is saying, come back to me. Look at this in verse 34. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Now, Jesus is God, right? He know where he laid at. He knows exactly where he but He got the, he get the exact location, the longitude, latitude. He know everything. Why would he say, where have you laid him? Uh, why did Jesus need to know that? When Jesus knows everything, it's proven in the text that, that, that Jesus knows everything. It was a woman at the well, and, and she sat there and talked to Jesus, and Jesus said, well, where's your husband at? And she said, I don't have one. He said, I know. Neither was the, the, last, you, the last five one that you divorced, and the one you with now ain't your husband either. And she said, look, y'all, it's a man that knows everything about me. So Jesus proved that he knows everything. But he needed to go, you to take him where Lazarus was at. Why? Because God specializes in reviving dead situations. Oh my God. He says, look, 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 look. Show me where he's at. And they say, Lord, come and see, because I got something to do. God can turn a dead end job to a career. He specializes in taking dead situations and fixing them. Uh, God can turn a dead end relationship to a happy marriage. He specializes in fixing broken things. He can take a deadbeat parent into a loving parent. Why? Because he specializes in going into dead situations. But to get to that point, you've got to bring Jesus to your dead situation. He asked, where is he? They said, Lord, come and see. Uh, uh, maybe he hasn't turned it around yet, and I get that. Maybe, 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 maybe not. But maybe not because you haven't brought him to your situation. The reason we have to let God take over our faith is because either our fear or our doubts will eventually drain out our faith. That if we walk in so much fear that we can't move to what God has for us, and we walk in so much doubt, we don't believe he can do it, and he will never do it. So we got to understand that we got to bring everything to Jesus. That's our relationships, our life, our jobs, our finances, our faith, our love, everything we must bring to him. Once we bring it to him, then he can do what he needs to do with it. Amen? Amen. So look at this in verse 37. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? Wow, 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 wow. You, you can't tell me nothing about Jesus right there. I love that. I love that. Uh, you might not know him like I know him, so you can't tell me nothing about him. Uh, Mary and Martha believed that he was the Christ, the son of God. They believed in everything. Mary and Martha believed that whatever they asked God for, that he would do it. They believed that with all their heart. And then you got some people saying, could this man not who opened up the eyes of the blind, can he also help the man that is dying? What is saying there? Fear and faith cannot coexist together. 
If you believe you can do it, and if you believe you can do it, you can do it. But if you're in fear, you will never do what God has for you. They can't coexist at the same time. So you either believe you can or you can't. You either believe God will or he won't. Uh, uh, you might not believe it can happen, but, but, but that's cool with the game because the Bible tells me Jesus said that with man, some things are possible, but with God, all things are possible. And that's what Jesus said. A whole crowd was touching Jesus. A whole crowd was touching Jesus. Everybody mob holding on to him, and a lady busts through the crowd and just touches the hem of his garment and gets healed from an issue of blood for 12 years. She believed she could be healed while everybody else didn't. She believed she could. She got what she needed. Why? Because with God, all things are possible, but with men, not all things are possible. Uh, uh, some brothers are blind. Some brothers are blind. Maybe they are thinking about the blind brothers because some brothers was blind. They were yelling, Jesus, have mercy. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, what's wrong? They said, I'm blind and I can't see. And Jesus, before he healed them, he said, do you believe I can heal you? Yeah. And they said, Lord, we believe you can do anything. He said, according to your faith, you are healed. So maybe we're not getting what we desire from God because we don't have no faith. Because uh, uh, throughout the Bible, it shows that. But maybe that's just the Bible, Pastor. I need to see it in my life. Maybe, God, you prayed and prayed and helped for that degree, and you was able to finish school. Yeah. And God got you through it. Amen. I know school was hard with me being an adult, being a parent, having a job. It was tough. And I had to pray and pray. And God blessed me to do that thing. Maybe you blessed for a job, and God has blessed you to do that thing. You struggled and struggled. And God opened up a door that no man can close for you. You're like, wow. Maybe you prayed for a spouse, prayed for a healing. I don't know what you might have prayed for, but the reason it came through was because of your faith. If you doubt, it can never happen. So Jesus is teaching us about faith right here. Look at John 11 and 38. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor for he has been in there four days. Wow, wow. So Jesus steps on the scene. He goes to the tomb and he says, take away the stone. He gives a commandment. He comes to the tomb. It's a dead situation. He's trying to bring life to it. He's trying to help it out. And he's something that's blocking him from bringing life to the situation. He says, take away the stone. So maybe something is blocking you from receiving your miracle. He's coming to help something now. He's coming to fix a dead situation, but it is a block there. And he says, take away the stone. Look at that. Take away the stone, which means that I'm here and I have the miracle with me. But you've got to do something in the natural. You can't just depend on me to do everything for you. That's not how I work. That means you ain't working in faith. You depend on if you go, I want you to depend on me, but I need your faith to have some legs to it. I need your faith to have some wheels to it. He says, go and take away the stone. And she goes, she says, hold up, Lord. She wanted to take away the stone, but she said, Lord, he's been dead for four days. He stayed. All the oils and spices done. We didn't wrap them up and spice them up. He don't smell good no more, Lord. We don't really want to go in there. So what is blocking you right there? The person that believed he could do anything is now questioning Jesus. Could it be because the people back there was hating and saying, could this man do this or could this man do that? Did they affect her faith and put fear inside Martha? But a stone is blocking. Something is blocking. So a question we must ask ourselves is, what is blocking you and keeping you in a dead situation? What stone is blocking you? Is it my bad attitude that is blocking me from getting what I need to get from God? Is it greed that is blocking me? It's a stone in my way and I can't get to God and get what he has for me. Is it lust? What is blocking me that I can't get to God and what he has for me? Is it pride? Is it lying? I don't know what it is, but Jesus requires us to move that stone, whatever is blocking us. You can't get your healing, your breakthrough, your miracle until you move that stone out of the way. And all of us got a stone. You got to figure out how to move that stone. 
So Jesus requires them to do something in the natural so that he can add some super to it. And then we get a supernatural experience. You move in the natural. He applied the super. They come together and something supernatural is about to happen. Uh, uh, God can't move until you take the stone away. So everybody knows he's dead. Everybody knows he's dead. He's buried. Uh, they tried to intellectualize the children that Jesus had brought back to life, saying, you know what? They really wasn't dead. Uh, he, he helped them. He resuscitated them. They really wasn't dead. But now you can't do that. Why? Because this man has been in the tomb for four days. But watch how quick our faith can waver. They was all team Jesus before. Father, you can ask Jesus to do anything. God, you can do anything. You the son. You the Christ. You the resurrection. They was team Jesus. But when one person said something or when the odor came and they smelt it, they lost their faith. Because fear sunk in. I don't want to go see my dead brother. I don't want to go back in there. It's an odor that I don't want to smell. It's something that I don't want to deal. And then Jesus, well, I love Jesus. People that think Jesus is soft is crazy. Jesus is a gangster, y'all. Y'all need to read y'all Bible. Jesus is gangster. Look at look, look what Jesus told him. Look at what Jesus. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you what? Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Jesus said, like daddy, don't he? Did I not tell you I love that Jesus don't play no games? Did I not tell you that, that, that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Uh, 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 this is true for pastor and everybody else. I'm not exempt. You have to hunger and thirst for God's word, y'all. Yeah. Why? Because our feelings are fickle. Yeah. Our emotions are fickle. And if we don't have God's word to revert back to, it'll have us messed up. Yeah. Because when we think somebody loves us, they show us something else. And now our hearts is crushed and broke. Yeah. When we have faith in something and then something doesn't happen and it won't happen like we want it to and it hurts, what do we turn to? When people lie and treat me bad and misuse me and abuse me, when things are going wrong and I got to deal with people I don't want to deal with, sometimes it's in my family, sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's on my job, whatever, this crazy stuff, I got to turn back to God's word because it pumps me back up. It tells me I'm a royal priesthood in a chosen generation. It tells me I can do anything. It tells me my blessings on the way. It tells me I got favor over my life, that I am blessed. I am, I am wonderfully made. I am all these things. But you got to turn back to the word of God. Mary and Martha started doubting. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you if you remain faithful to me, I'll be more than faithful to you is what God is saying. Mm -hmm. Did I not tell you that if you love me and keep my commandments, I'll give you whatever you ask for. But the key thing is loving me and keeping my commandments. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. A promise from Jesus. Did I not tell you that you believe in God, believe in me also, that my father has a mansion with many, a, a mansion with many rooms in it. And I went to go prepare a place for you that I got, I got your back after death. I defeated death. But do you believe it? Did I not tell you that if you bring me the tide, I would not open up a window from heaven and pour you out blessings. You won't have room enough to receive. Did I not tell you? And no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's why you got to have the word to combat all this stuff because so many things is coming at us. And you don't have the word to combat it, then it ends up taking over you instead of you taking over it. That's why the Bible tells us to be clearly dressed in the what? The whole armor of God. Put on the full armor of God every day. You got to put on the full armor. Me and Lady Thomas was talking about this yesterday. And it amazed me how easy it is to forget that you got to come out here dressed for success. You got to come out here ready to battle. But if the devil don't play, he don't play fair. He got a plan and agenda to try to take you out. And the only way to overcome that is to be dressed for success. Amen. If I go to my job and I'm dressed for success, I plan on getting that promotion. I plan on presenting myself in a certain way. How do I not dress up my spirit, man? How do I not have on the helmet of salvation that's controlling my mind? 
mind and my thoughts. How I don't have on the blessed plate of righteousness that's covering my heart. Because so many things are designed to break my heart. And I got to make sure that my heart stay right before God. Amen. It says have the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. You don't know the enemy is an archer that he got fiery darts that he's trying to kill your faith. Day in, day out, he's shooting darts at you and darts. And you don't have a shield of faith. You can't even block the darts. Praise God. Then he says put on what? The, the, the feet of the gospel of peace. Everywhere I walk, the gospel got to be on my mind. Everywhere I walk, I got to make sure I'm trying to introduce somebody to Jesus. Everywhere I walk and I talk, I got to make sure my speech is right now. Why? Because somebody need to know the Lord because the world is crazy. I love you and I don't want you to go to heaven. I want you to go to, he- I want you to, go to heaven. I don't want you to go to hell. Sorry. God wants to help you out. So I got to be able to show you and help you with it. I got to make sure I'm dressed for success. Good. And he said, above all, have on the sword of the spirit, yeah. which is the word of God. The word is what helps us slice through the enemy, slice through our fears, slice through our doubt, slice through hate, slice through it all. We got to have the word of God. You got to be dressed for success. Amen. 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 So look at what Jesus says. So take. So they took the stone away. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe you have sent me. Wow. Wow. The miracle that that God is about to perform isn't just for Mary and Martha. The miracle he's about to do is not just for Mary and Martha. Think about that. He said that I'm about to heal your brother, but it's for the benefit of everybody that's standing here. So sometimes we got to realize it's not even about us. What happens when God puts you through a situation and it ain't even about you? What, what happens when God puts something in your life or puts your life on hold and pause and messes everything up just because he wants somebody else to see your faith? What about when God light that thing up and change everything around you and just so people can say, dang, you still praying? Dang, you still coming to church? Dang, you still fasting? Dang, you still giving? Dang, you still loving? How are you able to do all that? Because if it was me, I'd have been custom out. I'd have been went crazy. I'd have been gave up on God. Maybe he's allowing things to go crazy. So everybody can see it's not just for the benefit of you, it's for the benefit of everybody. Their brother is dead. They're here to help and support, but all of them go see the glory of God. Can I speak that over your life that whatever your dead situation is right now, if you stay fast, you stay holding on to God, don't give up. Keep believing, keep trusting. Hold on to his unchanging hands, and when the glory comes, everybody going to see it. And when the glory comes, everybody going to benefit. Somebody's faith is going to be renewed. Somebody going to get saved because you held on to the faith. He trusted, they trusted God in a challenging time. They believed Jesus could do it, even though people were doubting and hating. It's a trip because then, and I promise I'm almost done. Look at this. When when, when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Uh (laughs) Loud voice. Jesus yelled this, and they all can hear it. Then the Bible says the dead man came out. I miss y'all shout. It's cool. Praise God. Amen. I don't, I don't, I don't know what more y'all want. Praise God. I mean, the God I serve got to be doing do stuff I ain't never seen, ain't never heard of. But I said the brother was dead for four days. I mean, what more do y'all want? Praise God. Y'all want me to hear Corona right now? I mean, what, what, what more do y'all want? The brother was dead for four days. He's stinking. And then Jesus yells, Lazarus, come out. And then the dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen. And a cloth around his face. And Jesus said, take off grave clothes and let him go. Wow, wow. Four days in the grave. So 
I'm showing you how powerful our God is, amen. I'm cool. I'm, I'm sure Buddha was good and, and Muhammad Minati was cool, all that, but ain't nobody came back from the dead. Ain't nobody lifting nobody up from the dead, amen. But I'm gonna believe you, God. You want to show me you, God. And all through the text in the Bible, Jesus shows me he's God. He's not like any of these other people. Aristotle and all these philosophers know he's different. And he shows that through the text, a man is dead. And look at this. He picks him up and says, look, Lazarus, come out. Yeah. Yeah. To show you how much power is in God's voice. So we don't hear God audibly like this. So what do we have for his voice? His word. Uh-huh. He's saying, come out of your situation. Yeah. But if you don't have the word tattooed on your heart, how are you going to come out of that situation? The Bible says, hide the word of God in your heart that I might not sin against you. Yeah. I got to hide the word in my heart. It said, let the word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. I got to let the word do what it's supposed to do if I'm ever expected to come out of my situation. That's good. So Jesus is showing us that not even death can stop what I command. My God, that's the God I serve, amen. That, that, that I have defeated death, the final enemy, that not even death can stop what I command. I'm so powerful, I even have the power, the keys to life and death. I called him out of a grave, and look what it says, that the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen. So they didn't mummify people like the Egyptians, but they did wrap them up in the oil and spices. So he's wrapped up from head to toe, and then they also said that what? That it's covered, the cloth around his face is covered as well. So this dead man had to come out of the situation, but he can't even see. Maybe we can't come out of our dead situation because we can't see. Lazarus is dead. Jesus says, come out. And he's coming out, but his face, face is clothed up. He has no sight. So Jesus has only one option. Y'all got to take that stuff off his eyes so he can see and move. Maybe we've had the blinders on our eyes too long. Maybe the enemy has not only blinded our eyes, but what does the Bible say? The God of this world has blinded the mind of those who don't believe. Maybe our minds have been blinded and covered up and that we can't see straight. We can't think straight. And everything is foggy and cloudy. Why? Because the enemy has a a hold on our mind. And Jesus is saying, look here, like Lazarus came out of that grave, I need you to come out of that mental prison. I need you to come out of that mental bondage. I need you to get free right now. And he's saying it through his word. But guess what he did? He said to them, take off the grave clothes, which means that you can't come out all the way by yourself. That you need me and I need you. Praise God. Amen. That you need somebody to help you because you can't see your flaws. Lazarus is alive and he's breathing, but he's stuck. He's coughed up. He can't move. His hands are even covered. He can't begin to take the things off his face. So the only way to help him is to have somebody else take the grave clothes off of him. And I love that because he's stinking. He's been dead. He need help. And Jesus said, since you're alive now, take them grave clothes off of you. Praise God. That's it. I promise I'm going home. Amen. That, that, that some of y'all been wearing the wrong clothes too long. That you been wearing clothes that keep you dead. Clothes that keep you depressed. Clothes that keep you down. Clothes that keep you going crazy. Clothes that's busting up your mind. And God says, no, take those grave clothes off of you. So you need to strip off everything that's not in the will of God. You need to strip off everything and let God take everything off of you. So he can build you back up and dress you for success in the whole armor of God. Amen. Can we give God some praise in this place? Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for being God all by yourself. For being faithful and being loving and being kind. And we are awesome. We are just in awe of who you are, God. So we thank you, oh God. We know.